I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about music. This is the Get Psyched Podcast. I'm DJ Psyched, and today I'm here with a very special guest to talk about Haley Williams' debut solo album, Pedals for Armor. Laura is with me today, the GM at WKNC. Can you please introduce yourself for us and tell us anything you want us to know about you and maybe a little bit about your experience of being a fan of Haley's? Um, hi. So as, uh, as DJ Sykes said, I'm Laura. I'm the general manager of WKNC going on my second year um, being the station manager, which is really exciting. Um, as I've seen people respond to my podcast online, I do use they and them pronouns. So please don't be like, she did great. <laughs> um, and my experience growing up as both a Paramore and Haley Williams fan has been um, a series of awakenings, to say the least, in a variety of ways. Um, but it's been really cool growing up in um, this fan base and community because I've met a lot of cool people who share a similar interest being Paramore in general. So very excited to talk about this album today. Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm really excited. So I just want to jump into things, but I'm just going to say that the format we're going to go for this is we're going to talk a bit about the album at first. We're going to do a track by track breakdown, and then we're going to give our impressions. So let's just jump right into things. Just just tell me what you thought when, when you first heard about this record coming out. <laughs> When I first heard about the record coming out, um, I was obviously really excited. Um, I know that there was a lot of discourse surrounding the album regarding like whether or not this meant that Paramore would be still functioning as a band or not. Um, and Haley Williams has publicly said that Paramore is still a band. It's just that the After Laughter tour and like mental health and things was so heavy handed for them that... Uh, they just needed to like chill for a second, but you know, her artistry and feelings haven't gone anywhere. So I think putting out an album was like a natural evolution for her now that she's in her early thirties and like as developing some maturity as a person. Um, and I'm, I was really stoked on it. I was just really excited to, now that I'm also an adult, kind of like get to know her more as a person, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's that's a good point to bring up that like a lot of people probably I mean, they definitely did feel some type of way when, when Haley announced this album, because, you know, Haley's always made a point of being like, you know, Haley's not the only thing to Paramore. You know, some people think like, oh, Paramore's Haley. And she's always been like, no, like Paramore's a part of me and I'm a part of it. But Paramore is its own thing. Yeah. Paramore is not a person, too. Yeah. yeah. Paramore is not a person. And Haley has always been kind of very conscious of of that and making people aware of that. And uh, I just thought it was a cool evolution for Haley as a person to finally feel like she's ready to sit there and like have her own voice and be okay with receiving maybe that kind of criticism because people are always like, you know, like there was that, that whole discourse when uh, one of the Pharaoh or the Pharaoh brothers left originally where it's like, oh, Haley was all of the attention, but Haley's never been like that. Right. I remember reading like um, articles written about Haley Williams they were calling her like um like a dictator and a ringleader and stuff and saying that she was awful to work with and things and um Haley's like spoken about this in current interviews regarding the pedals for armor album cycle um and it's just really kind of despicable both the way she and the band have been treated over the last few years by the media and things so I think that this album um 
it's like a really big not even a first step because after after laughter was a really transformative album for the band as well but for Haley specifically this album seems to be kind of like a flagship for her stepping into like a new world as a um an empowered person not that she has been subjected or um subjugated in any ways in the past but like um though she has she's been powerful for a long time is what i'm trying to say but now she's kind of owning it i guess yeah i completely agree and that's that's what i was gonna say i think this like i was excited when i heard about this because it's like in, instead of just saying like as paramore like oh like you know like Haley's always spoken up about this like the way that they treat her and the way that they try to make her seem in the media but to actually be like whatever i'm still gonna put this record out because it's my time to shine i have something to say and i'm not gonna let anyone stop me like i thought it was i was really excited to finally hear what Haley has to say because like Haley says what Haley wants to say when Haley's in Paramore, but like we said, Haley is not Paramore. Right. So it's really nice that she got a chance to speak on her own. And returning to your previous question, my initial thoughts uh, regarding this album coming out, I was still, I was really excited then and I'm really excited now. I do think that it's lived up to my expectations, my humble expectations, <laughs> I should say. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about this today. Yeah, same, same. I mean, like, it definitely lived up to expectations. So I just, I can't, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll start with the start of this then. Cause I mean, we watched in, in WKNC, we watched Simmer together when that yep. came out. <laughs> what were your original thoughts? Like when you finally heard the first piece of solo work from Haley Williams? Um, so my initial expectation was that it was going to sound more like after laughter, kind of, um, you've seen those memes uh online of like a like a pink house and a dark house and it's like um like the sound versus the lyrics or something yeah um which is like a common joke around after laughter that it was it sounded really fun and happy but it was kind of a really heavy uh, subject matter but simmer didn't shy away from being a really dark track you know the music visual or the music video visuals were um, inspired by horror movies, as she's reported in um current interviews and it was unsettling to look at at. you know you see her like running through the woods and her panting which um was you know just set the tone immediately as soon as the song starts but um it was a really unique track and I think a great one to start with because it was it started on a really high note I think yeah and and I think it's definitely like a very not shy way to throw yourself out there Simmer was a powerful track definitely and the video, like you said, like, I, I totally agree. Like, I was definitely expecting something more like After Laughter since that's the last we've, like, heard from the artist. And, like, to hear how dark this one was, like, it matched up lyrics to sound. And it was, it was, it was something unexpected but quite amazing. You know, it made me really excited to see what else was coming out. Right. And I think listening to this album, although I knew that Haley had it uh of course she did of course she had an influence on after laughter but I think I've realized more that the sound of after laughter was uh very much Zach Farrow and you can see the compare and contrast between his project and half noise um but so I think I was definitely misguided to assume that it would sound like after laughter part two both because it's not a paramore project and I shouldn't have assumed that but also because Zach Farrow was so influential on that album so um, I was really excited by the contrast, you know, she's still going for more of an electronic influence, but um, it's not the same whatsoever. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. Like, 
uh, I really felt Zach's influence on After Laughter. And I, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've heard, this album, when it was produced and made and all that, it was like, it was her family and friends. And Taylor did have a part in this one, right? You're talking about Pedals for Armor, right? Yeah, Pedals for Armor. Yeah, Taylor was the one, Taylor York was the one who produced the album. Um, though she, so Haley's been posting, um, like, uh, track collaboration, um, images, like who contributed every part to each song just to make sure that it's very transparent. And I think giving credit where credit is due is really important. Um, Taylor produced the whole album. And although, uh, Haley might've recorded some at home or has worked with Carlos de la Garza, who I believe is from Me Without You in the past, um, on this album, Taylor was the one to do the full, like, finished package. Yeah, and I was definitely going to say that when I heard that Taylor was was working on this album with Haley, I thought it was it was really cool because you can you can feel Taylor's influence slightly on there because they have a really good chemistry. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they were Haley and Taylor have been. I mean, Haley's been the most consistent member of Paramore, but Taylor's right up there with her. Taylor's you know? the only one who never left. From yeah, the exactly. Lineup. So like th- those two have had chemistry for a very long time. And I, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool. Like it's really hard to explain, but you can feel his influence there, but you can just, you can just feel like it's obviously Haley's voice and Haley's record because um, this is Haley Williams, but you can still feel that like collaborative effort and that, that input in there. Absolutely. And this is obviously not my own original thought as this is something that she's spoken about in the past, but um. I think the fact that Taylor produced it was really necessary, you know, like, um, as you mentioned, it was, it had a very like family and friends feel. And it was, this album is very much like an insight into Haley's personal existence, um, which has been speculated about previously, but has never been shown so overtly. And having like a long time close friend who is at this point, practically family, um, having a hands-on approach to this album is really just like that, next level I think because I don't think anyone else could have finished it the way that she wanted you know really actualized that vision yeah and I I totally agree with you when you say like you know it's like a family kind of like open album it's like it's her her life the people in her life and I just thought it was I don't know just a thought on the album I I realized after Simmer that this was definitely going to be you know Haley even in Paramore they've always had a way of of being very transparent with their music. That's what makes Paramore so unique in my opinion. Like you, you kind of get a feel for what's going on in their life and what they're learning that their songs are Mm -hmm. never just songs to be songs that you're like getting a piece of their life when you're listening to Paramore or Haley. And I just, I didn't even think it was possible after listening to After Laughter to get more deep and more personal insight. But this album just like is so personal. Right. Um, Haley did an interview recently and I'm going to keep referencing her interviews because I swear (laughs) I've been obsessive with uh, reading and watching like all of them. I'm I'm so glad. I'm a freak. But like um, she quoted that when previously writing Paramore songs, um, she wanted to make them somewhat appealable to a variety of audiences by never using he and instead replacing it with you so that anyone could listen to it. Um, But that really changed and particularly in Simmer when she references her ex-husband calling him like a fucker like him um it it is immediately you know that this album is going to be deeply personal because even her writing style has changed you know it is no longer appealing to a mass audience although it has uh, been successfully done um it's very much an album for Haley by Haley and we just have the privilege of listening to it yeah, you, you get so much of Haley being herself, 
because you know now she gets the chance she can fully be herself and i love uh that you brought up the example of like now that she's using more like he and all that stuff because i did notice that when listening to the record you, you definitely get more of that direct call out in certain things but I also just like love how in this album she let herself be so feminine. There's so much theme of femininity in this album. Right. Uh, especially in the past, she's spoken on like Warped Tour experiences when femininity was almost a curse, you know, being in a very male dominated world, which of course the music industry still is. But um, uh, we'll get to this talking about cinnamon, but um, she oh, says yeah. like home is where I'm feminine, you know, where she's yeah. allowed to be whoever she wants to be in like the safety of her home you know and the safety of her own music exactly and that's why this album is so i think it was so necessary that she got the chance to be herself entirely right yeah um i think that this is a perfect transition to talking about leave it alone since we've been discussing like um like how personal the album is uh, yeah. i know that this song in particular was referencing um, I believe it was her grandmother who uh, was suffering from memory loss after an injury um, and how she just like couldn't separate herself from, you know, that trauma or whatever. And it's it's in another way, much like a lot of these songs, while they can be transferable to the listener's personal experiences, it's still very Haley. It's written about what she's been going through. Exactly. Like, like it's just it's so deeply personal and everything i love that she gets to make all the decisions for this album because i thought it was really unique how she did the rollout process of putting right. out the like eps and then it, it turned out to be like a three disc type thing when it and it ended up coming yeah. out and i thought the, i don't know i just thought those decisions were really important you know like she had all the control she could do it how she wanted and when it came out it was just so perfect because like We'll talk about it more when we talk about each of the tracks, but each disc is is like a different story that makes the big story, you know? Yeah, uh, she did an interview really recently with uh, Harper's Bazaar, I think, um, where she discussed like the first three music videos of Simmer, Leave It Alone, and Cinnamon, how they all came out one after another, how and just how the album has a lot of threes, you know? It's like yeah. those three songs, those three music videos, the three EPs and things. Um, I know I'm not the interviewer, but did you have a favorite of the first three tracks um, or music videos? That's really hard. Uh, <laughs> Mine was Cinnamon, hands down. Uh, the, song wise, yes, Cinnamon, definitely. That's such a banger, like such a banger. I think like I just really loved Simmer, though, because it was it was the first taste we got. And it's just so like different. Like you really like you can just feel that it's just her you know mm -hmm. and I mean you mentioned this early uh, earlier in the interview but um like you and I both were like really stoked to watch this interview like uh I think we got to the office and it had been out for like an hour or so but like just having the whole staff room like crowd <laughs> around the computer and watch it like multiple times yes it, it really highlights how insanely great that first song and the music video for, were really like hitting the ground running literally yes literally <laughs> yes it was such a good start to this this journey she took us on <laughs> and she did take us on a journey i um like while we explore the track list i think it's like really clear that like the songs were placed purposefully um you know like a Working in the music industry, I've learned increasingly um, over the last few years, both in and out of the radio station, 
truly how much work goes into making an album, you know, and like, it's like a no brainer, like, well, duh, the tracks were placed like purposefully. But it's like, um, I think I understand to what purpose now. I think on some albums that may be not as clear, not even pair more specifically, but just albums in general, it's like, what sounds good together? And there's some jarring transitions in this album, but the the track list, as I've said, is on purpose. So. Yeah. And Simmer being the start was a great way. I completely agree. Because this is one of the, like, I don't, there's, when I listen to albums, there's not many albums, especially this long, that I would actually sit down and listen start to finish the way that I did with this record many times. But this yep. is one of those albums that, like, it's great on its own. The individual tracks definitely hold up. But you need to go through the experience when you start of going from the beginning to the end all the way through, really paying attention because you will not get the full album without doing that. It's there's an experience there <laughs> it also kind of flies by i mean the whole album i've got my phone sitting up next to me is 56 minutes long according to apple music but yeah. um uh, so i'm now living with my parents and the drive from raleigh to charlotte is about two and a half hours maybe three depending on the context of your drive um but i i literally think i listened to this album like twice on the way there uh and other times was like talking to my partner over the phone or something but um <laughs> it's just an album that I want to listen to so badly and so much because I'm, it's such an immersive experience that like yeah. um, I think he called me the first time and I was like I'm almost done with this record can <laughs> I call you back in 15 minutes <laughs> that's awesome oh and and Haley I think uh, I think Haley recently tweeted some, something out about like what are you or or maybe she just retweeted it but someone was talking about like what are you doing if you're not listening to this with really good headphones on because I listened to it out loud the first time and I, I've heard a lot of people saying like oh the bass on this album is like amazing and I was like yeah it's pretty good but then I put on my headphones and I'm like everything is so technical about this record <laughs> you need to put on like the best headphones you have available to you when you listen <laughs> Um, I feel kind of pathetic because I've only got my measly AirPods and like their sound quality is pretty good. But like, honestly, when we were listening to Simmer in the office, like I really wish that I, we still had access to WKNC during this, uh, the pandemic, because like, I would love to just like play this album straight through in like the HD2 speakers and just close the door for an hour. Well, things to do when we get back. <laughs> it's on the list for sure. Yes. Yeah, and I, I guess just as a whole, this this whole record, I don't know, man. Like, it was so cohesive. Uh, there's a lot of variety, so much variety in the sound mm -hmm. and the styles. Like, I, it really has some, like, really minimal moments. And I, I don't know, I got a lot of old-schooly vibes when I was listening to a lot of these tracks. It is very 80s. I did an yes. interview with... Um, I guess they're not a Wilmington band anymore, but Tennis Elbow, and it actually just posted today, you know, at time of recording this interview. But um, I mentioned in that interview that like the the 80s new wave inspired thing is really in right now. Um, I, it really resurged back when After Laughter came out, but it hasn't died whatsoever. And although we've established that After Laughter and Petals for Armor are incredibly different albums, um, it is still very much an 80s inspired like power pop new wave thing which is, I think, really fun. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, we can just get into the track by track now because I feel like we've been touching on the track, so we might as well just let oh, ourselves yeah. dive into it. Oh, yeah. 
So I guess starting obviously at the top with uh, disc one, we've already talked a bit about Simmer, but is there anything else you want to say about that track? Um, I saw a tweet that, so Haley did this kind of like, um, it wasn't on Reddit, it was on Twitter. Twitter had a hashtag like ask Haley Williams or something, but it was in an AMA style or whatever. But um, someone said, was it purposeful that her angriest songs were the quietest and her most liberated songs were the loudest, which is incredibly contrarian regarding like the previous songs that he, she's written in Paramore. You think of really angry tracks, immediately like Decode comes into my mind. It's just so big, you know? But like Simmer, it's, it's almost like... Um, it's like water bubbling you know boiling it's simmering it's just right on the surface about to break and you can feel the energy but it's not it hasn't passed that threshold yet and um so I thought that you know Haley commenting on that being that it wasn't intentional but perhaps another unintentional but natural um development was really powerful yeah that's a really beautiful thing to point out and yeah I could really see that and I think my favorite thing about this track with it being such a slow burn and like soft and you can feel the anger and, and all that rising in it mm -hmm. was that moment where she just let herself for the, like we don't really hear explicit content from Paramore like that. Just hearing her say fucker, like that was fantastic. Yeah. Like she just, she yeah. didn't scream it. She didn't make it really angry. She just, she, she put emphasis in it, but it's just like that fucker, like just, just let it be, you know? It was almost as if she was like spitting the word out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the distaste for the person of reference who he who shall not be named because he's not worthy um, uh, is is so tangible. You know, it's like it's she's so tired of talking about this, but it needs to be said. You know, yeah. So it's just spitting it out. Exactly, and one of my favorite things, like one of my absolute favorite moments on this track, and on something I love that she does in the record, are like the one-liners that you can't help but do along, like the given it's just the best thing ever i don't yeah. know <laughs> like you can't not say it along but yeah we already basically went over this track so we can go into leave it alone so in uh leave it alone that was definitely when i had my headphones in the first song that i really really noticed that bass in it <laughs> the bass is incredibly strong in that song but it's super minimalistic in this one i i mean my favorite line from this track is, if you know love, you best prepare to grieve. That just, I don't know, it's such a theme she has in this album, but it's just certain lyrics that she says that really pops the meaning of the song through. What did you think of this track? Yeah, that lyric also stood out to me. Um, I think you you hear a common trope in like relationships and stuff like, like, you know, you see in like corny, um, like, teen drama movies like two people fall in love but they don't want to make it official because like they'll ruin the friendship or whatever yeah. you know and it's this concept of like you're afraid to you're afraid to make yourself vulnerable to fall in love to grow close to someone out of the fear of what will happen a month a year a decade from now you know um and i think that although that song is rather sad and you know she's saying you know, you best prepare to grieve because you're making yourself vulnerable to another person um so much of this album is about the power of accepting and or receiving and giving love um that i think starting off so angry and sad and ending on such a beautiful brilliant note uh, i love the contrast in this song specifically regarding the rest of the album 
Yeah, and I I love the the theme of like the, there's pain in reality, but you just mm-hmm. kind of have to accept that truth and, and you know leave it alone. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I really like the theme on that one, and I'm sure you got stuff you want to say about the next one. So do you want to start off cinnamon? <laughs> cinnamon? Oh, yes. <laughs> this song um, has been transformative for me personally. Um, cinnamon is like, it's very much about Haley embracing her own like safety and comfort in the house and in her body and things. But it's the kind of song that like pushes you to do that as well. Like, um, I saw this meme on Twitter the other day, you know, you know, that classic, like, I do not see it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was like me when I have to change before getting in the shower and there's a mirror right there. Like, I do not <laughs> see it. But like, I listen to this album when I drive, when I shower, and it makes me think that I can dance, even though I can't. And I had this really, um, I had this really, as I said, transformative experience listening to this song where I was changing out of my clothes and getting ready to get in the shower but like I was like full naked dancing in front of the mirror and I was like happy listening to it you know um and I think that that's an experience that Haley herself has had through writing some of these songs and you know growing into her own womanly figure I don't mean her body but in like her personality and presence and um you know, like, uh, this album taught me to be vulnerable, and this song just kind of taught me to have fun with, like, who I am and things, so whether it's dancing naked in the shower or listening in the dark with your headphones in, it's, like, you really need to pay attention to it, so. Yeah, I totally agree, and I love that you brought up the point of of what it must have been like for Haley to have, like, written this, because I was literally, as I was listening to this album the last time that I listened to all the way through, all I could think about was how, how deeply personal it was and how getting some of these lyrics out there had to have felt so good right like, right to be able to say like she's saying it she's putting it out there she's not just saying it she's totally jamming out to it and I just couldn't help but think how good that must have felt because listening to cinnamon like I totally agree that song makes me feel good I think that perhaps um we'll get to this later a lot of people are saying that dead horse and crystal clear are like the songs Uh, But Cinnamon is my personal favorite. Much like the album, this song has so many layers, um, particularly sonically, the way she builds up all of the different melodies towards the end. Um, But it's it's truly a comfort in your own skin kind of song. And I think it's perhaps the one where maybe it's not as overtly like, this is the way in which I'm suffering and these are my experiences, but it is still very Haley. Even if she's describing the type of water she drinks or (laughs) the scent in her kitchen, they're just mundane things that contribute to her happy space. And that in its own way is really vulnerable. So it's just another one of those songs that has a more serious tone, but is so much fun. It is. It's so fun. And something I really liked about it is, is the lyric, you know, home is where I'm feminine. Uh, and mm-hmm. just that whole, just that whole portion of the song. I don't know. Like I'm not even like really that feminine of a person myself, but this album just made me want to embrace that side of myself. <laughs> Just because it's so appealing the way she puts it out there. Yeah. Just embracing it's just one it. of those things where like behind closed doors, you are exactly who you who can you are, be yeah. and who you want to be. So whether it's, you know, being feminine or expressing yourself in other ways, it's like home is where I am, who I am. And for yeah. Haley, it smells like citrus and cinnamon. Yeah. And the eating my breakfast and the nude thing, so relatable, you know, it's like good content. <laughs> <laughs> that was me dancing in the shower yeah 
<laughs> but yeah um and then and then at the end when she's saying i'm not lonely babe i'm free i just love how she lets herself just go on this track she's just letting herself say whatever yeah. she has to say it's amazing yeah like i said my favorite song my favorite song <laughs> and it's a good one. Oh, all right we're i will yeah, yeah we're almost done with the first ep <laughs> i can't believe it but yeah anything else you have to say about it your favorite um i cannot with i can't hold myself back we should stop here <laughs> it will be a three-hour interview <laughs> okay that's cool the next track up is creeping very good track i absolutely love the like effects she put on her vocals in this one the entire vibe of creeping flows i thought that this one was really creative and when i first heard it i had actually tweeted like i can see the Haley williams billy eilish collab now <laughs> Um, it wasn't my favorite on the album. Uh, she mentioned that this was very like Radiohead inspired. Um, and please, please Radiohead fanboys do not destroy me for this. I don't love that band. <laughs> um, and I didn't love this song, but I appreciate it for what it is. It was very much an experimentalist track. Um, so I really don't have anything bad to say. It just wasn't my personal favorite. Yeah, and I can agree with that. Uh, it wasn't like a standout track, um, especially the first time that I listened to it. But uh, after a few listens, because like I've said, I've given this record quite a few spins like you have as well. I think that this is definitely, right. I, I see that it definitely has its place in the record because it gives, it gives that nice contrast that, I don't know, just helps the other tracks shine even more because it is so different. Yeah, and there's a lot of contrast in this album. Uh, one contrast I can draw for, draw for Creepin' specifically is um, it kind of sounds like a um, like a redirected version of Leave It Alone in the sense that, like, um, you know, whether it's the trauma that she's dealing with in Leave It Alone or uh, an individual that she doesn't want to associate with anymore in Creepin', it's, like, it's very there, and you either have to, like, set it down or deal with it, you know? So... Whereas I thought Leave It Alone was more at like picking at a scab, creeping is kind of like, I don't know, ignoring the ghost in the halls. Yeah. And I, and I definitely think that when this track was made, it was to, to give room for creativity and to try something new because it is very different from mm -hmm. the rest of the album. But yeah, it, it was a good right. track. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about it either. So we can, we can move on to the last of this EP if you're ready. Sudden Dism. There's so much to say about this song. <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> i i think that this is another one where Haley was asserting herself as an individual um despite the fact that she has been sexualized for like decades at this point um allowing herself to be overtly sexual um in a way that is you know she's reclaiming it was was really cool this was another song where i wasn't immediately transfixed by it but i really do appreciate it after listening to it many times but i appreciate the message more than i appreciate the actual like sonic package it came in yeah and this one also like it wasn't the first thing that stood out to me i mean when i listened to it the first time it was when she started like belting out and really letting her vocals drive because her vocals are so strong in this one that it mm -hmm. started standing out to me. And when I forced myself to sit down and really listen to the lyrics, I just found it incredibly relatable material. And like you said, it was it was nice to hear her get a little bit more like sexual and sensual in this one. Like it's very like being, it's very obvious what the sudden desire is. She, she talks about like kissing this man and all this. Like it's not, she's not hiding it. She's like, this is the, sometimes I have these desires. I'm a person too. And I think right. that in the message, it, it feels like, 
some of the desires. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's up to how you interpret it, but I started relating to it a lot because it kind of felt like she knows that sometimes these desires can be wrong, right? But it's just so intense and sudden in you. Yeah, and there's so much of her existence that's been like taken away from her by extreme publicity and the ability to express love and affection um, comfortably or even privately as these desires that like natural people feel is often something that people want to experience in the comfort of their own home privately and not publicly. And, um, you know, like the, the ending of her marriage and things, even that was taken from her, you know? So I think, as I said earlier, the ability to reclaim, um, her natural urges and like reflect upon them was just such a heavy hitting track. Yeah. Definitely agree on that one. So disc two, and you already talked about this one a little bit because this is one of the like a bigger tracks people are this talking about. It's a big about. hit. Dead Horse is a big hit. It's also another music video. Yeah. So what do you want to say about Dead Horse? <laughs> I'll let you go first. Um, Dead Horse is perhaps in my mind the most consumable track. My little sister loves this track, and that's not to discount it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but it is the catchiest, and I think it's the one that's going to get the biggest, the quickest. Um, the music video was really beautiful, and this is just another one where she's not afraid to back down from her own experiences. Hell, in the music video, she like she took the boots that she wore in her wedding photos and like covered them in cement, you know, which in one hand is like destroying a a symbol of something that destroyed her. But it's also symbolic in itself of like, you think of like lead shoes and things, something dragging you down and she's liberated herself from all this. And it's, she wrote a song called dead fucking horse, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, I agree with you like 110%. This is an incredibly cra- uh, catchy song. You know, like the I beat it like a dead horse part is catchy. And then when she goes in with the yeah, 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 I was like, there's just so much catchy content here. But it does not take away from the fact that you can still enjoy this track in a very serious sense. It has a strong message. It definitely was not like 100%. I don't think any track on this record was made for radio play or for like being popular. Like, it's just a really good track and just happens to be super catchy at the same time. And I, like I said, like these songs are really technical. Like it's super catchy, but the bass work is pretty deep in this one. I think this is mm-hmm. like as far as bass line goes and like instruments and all that, like the instrumentation, all the technical work on this is probably my favorite song in that sense. It's just so catchy because they did a really good yeah. job. I'm unaware. I know that I'm unaware who wrote what in regards to this song. Um, I know that in this album, this is uh, one of her great achievements on this album was being able to write a lot of the the musical lines, the instrumentals, um, which is something that she hasn't really done so much in the past. Um, uh, and so while I don't know who specifically can take credit for the baseline that you're mentioning, I agree yeah. completely that it is so sick. Insanely sick. And something else I love about this track is I feel like when I'm looking at the lyrics and when I'm listening to it, just the way that it evolves as a track, I feel like there's just so much shifting emotions and theme. Like this track really takes you through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think in particular this song, um, there's a lot of like water references throughout this album. And in interviews, she said that like water has been like a big thing through her dreams. Um, and you you've heard it like written about in past Paramore songs as well. But um, this one wasn't as overt, you know. This one she said. Um, like dyed my hair blue to match my lips 
and things. There's a lot of imagery of like drowning or choking and things like that. And it's just a triumphant, I'm not doing that anymore type of song. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think, I don't know, she just ends it like a total badass. I don't know what else yeah. to say about that. <laughs> and the way that it starts with like a voice memo of her yeah. like sending this to, I'm assuming Taylor, you know, like who is probably going to produce this, but um no, it is the song that I was thinking of. She said, every morning I wake up from a dream of you holding me underwater, held my breath for a decade. You know, there's just so many, like, uh, she was being strangled by so many things. And this song is just pushing it all to the side. It's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely been one of my favorites to go back to, just because it is so, like, catchy and strong at the same time. I love... Like like we talked about before, this album has a lot of variety and contrast. I love how Dead Horse is the first song on disc two, and then we get My Friend right afterwards. Very different soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, though. Like, there's a lyric in Dead Horse that says, like, when I said goodbye, I hope you cried. And while yeah. that's kind of like a, a diss to her ex or whatever, you can picture a scenario unfolding of, like, when she left his house, she probably went straight to her friends, you know? Yeah. And I think that having those back, those songs back to back is another example of how this album was so purposefully laid out. You know, it just, that's probably exactly what happened, you know, mm -hmm. and without her friends and close loved ones, she might not have survived such a like difficult experience. Yeah. And this one also had a video, which I absolutely loved. Uh, the video on this one, it just—it's just so perfect with the song. Like I think it really makes the dead song horse right more. Uh, for my friend. Oh yeah, yeah, the lyric videos the that lyric she videos, was doing. Yeah. Yep, that's just another example of how personal this album is. Like making lyric videos out of behind-the-scenes content yeah. really makes the audience feel connected to the whole process. Much like the way that she debuted the songs and things. It's everything about this record, as we've said over and over again, is kind of phenomenal kind of flawless yes and this is an objective <laughs> observation <laughs> <laughs> totally objective you know, from a professional standpoint like it's scientifically proven that this album yep. is pretty flawless so you've heard it here first <laughs> yeah just don't watch anthony fantano's review of this album <laughs> It's not worth it. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> All right. Seriously, he gave it like a 5 out of 10. Oh, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but mine's twice as high as that. <laughs> <laughs> mine's twice as high. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Fantano, you're scientifically incorrect. We've done the math. <laughs> 15 out of 15. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, you were talking about My Friend. Yeah, and I think My Friend, like, I don't know. It's, like, as a song, it's a great song. It's just so complete. Like, I love I love songs about friendship. I'm a sucker for friendship, you know? Me too. <laughs> Me too. And so when I watched this video, I just got so, like, I just wanted to, like, call one of my friends and be like, you're the best. I don't know. And I just love how the lyrics and everything, the whole message, it's like you have that friend who accepts you in every way that you are and you accept them in every way back. And it's the most wholesome of friendships. And I think it's just, you know, like with all the stuff she's talking about this record, how deeply personal it is, like in life, when you're going through things, like having those kinds of people, it's the different, it makes a difference. Like you said, it, it makes a difference between surviving a deep situation, between getting through it and not like it's the the whole thing that makes life like better are the people around you you know so i just love how she like stop and put a moment to like 
thank those people in this song, you know? And I agree with all of that completely. I liked this song so much. It was in my head for days. It's the song that I like to sing the most off this album. Um, I went and made a TikTok compilation of my friends dancing because I loved them and I missed them during early quarantine. I still miss them now, but uh, life before quarantine feels like a dream. So we're chilling. Um, But my friend is really, it's like the most wholesome song on the record. it's just so good such and I I don't like to use demeaning language like this because this album is very powerful mm-hmm. but this song was just so cute no yeah I literally have that in my notes right here it says so cute in all caps so cute <laughs> I mean like it was it's straight up so cute yeah I don't think it's an insult at all because it's just like I think you're supposed to like when you listen to this song like be like oh my gosh friendship adorable <laughs> amazing yeah, I love the little slow chant at the end. It's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This song really made me emotional, so she did a great job. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the one of the only songs on the album um, that's not overtly hers, you know? Uh, while it's all coming from her own inspiration and experiences, this is one song that, like, anyone can listen to and be like, yeah, I feel that. That's true. Yeah. And it's it's amazing for that reason. But actually the the next two songs I think are in a similar vein where they just like they they're applicable to anyone. What were your feelings about the next track if you want to introduce it? Over yet. Yeah, I don't know. I I got old school vibes from this one. It was very dancey and beautiful. This one's straight up disco. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is pretty discoy and vibey, and I like listening to it, but it didn't exactly stand out to me, so I don't really have a whole lot to say. But what are your thoughts? This is another one that didn't blow my mind, but I appreciate it for what it is, since it's a very like uplifting song. Of uh, the first half of the album, uh, we're now on track uh, seven, so we're about halfway through. Um, the first half of the album was really heavy, and it really overtly discussed how uh, various difficult experiences that Haley has gone through. Um, but over yet, it's just kind of like, we're halfway through, we're pushing through now, you know? Um, I've been working out recently, which is true suffering because I love my bed, um, but I love to work out to this song and that's the greatest takeaway I have for it. Nice. Yeah, and then the next one, um, Roses, Lotus, Violet, and Iris. This was one that like initially didn't quite stand out to me as much but after a few listens I feel like I can admire it a lot just because there is so much theme of femininity again in this one Mm -hmm. with um, all the flowers and the music and it's just it's very this one is empowering which is why Mm -hmm. it's one of my absolute like favorites to listen to lyrically now just because like she talks about being a wilted woman herself and how she talks about like love me or love me not and all that and how she'll how she's kind of grown out of that and now she won't compare her beauty to others and I don't know it this one's so empowering and I I loved going through and really getting that taste especially because it's empowering and it's feminine themed so she's just basically being like all right femininity let's let's be empowered in ourselves yeah there's uh there's two overtly feminist songs it's this one and watch me while I bloom and what I think is really cool is um, she talks, she uses like flowers a lot as, um, you know, vulnerability and um, 
delicateness as a as a display of strength you know being gentle is still a reserve of power you know um and this song it's it's just kind of like we don't need to drain each other to be beautiful and succeed and beauty isn't the exclusive part of what makes you a valid and important human being but i just think it's so cool that um you know she's talked uh in like water metaphors so much of you know how like terrifying some things were and how she imagined like drowning and suffocating and things but now much as a flower needs water to grow uh, to bloom she's grown from these experiences you know so really cool contrast there as she's done continuously throughout this album yeah and i like how you uh bring bring up watch me while uh, the bloom track because like i do love that kind of like metaphor she uses around flowers to to show what she's trying to say and to bring out the femininity themes. I think it's just one of those things, like you said, again, one of those cool things that was like purposely implanted in there, very well thought out. The only, actually this uh, Rose's Lotus Violet Iris, just returning to this song really quick, is the only song on the album of which I have a direct criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is that uh, it's the only song on the album with a feature, you know, it uses uh, the three members of Boy Genius. uh, and while they're, while all four of these incredibly empowered female singer songwriters have talent and uh, a discography to like support that in their own right, um, I really felt as though Boy Genius was underutilized on this song, particularly because they were so um, hyped up, you know, on social media, like I'm doing a song with Boy Genius. Um, I think that perhaps that had a lot to do with, you know, time constraint, coordinating between so many different people, distances, so on and so forth. Um, And I think that had it been a Boy Genius song featuring Haley Williams, then perhaps it might have been easier to do because it's including one person rather than including three people. But um, I think that since, because they're all so, such prolific songwriters, the song could have been more but that's perhaps getting into the minutia of things. You know, the the feature is really just some harmony parts behind the chorus. And yeah. that disappointed me slightly, but the song is good. Yeah. The song is good and the message is good, so. Yeah, and I could, I could totally uh, see that and respect that. Like, it's just the way that it, it presented and all. But, like, as a track, it's good in its own right, but you get expectations when you have features and all that. Right. Um, And just the fact that it's the only feature on the entire album, I think I was hoping for perhaps something more dynamic. Um, But at this point, I'm pining after something that doesn't exist rather than criticizing what actually does, you know? Yeah. So it's neither here nor there. Yeah, I feel that. And one thing I like about this track, though, is that it is, uh, or something that stood out to me was the orchestral instruments used. I don't know. It just made the flowiness and the floweriness yeah. really stand out. Yeah, I really liked that. It was a very lush track. Yes. Um, really beautiful, very tender. I love it. And then we smash right into Why We Ever. Why so. We Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start out this one too? <laughs> sure. Um, I really like this song. This is probably the second, not my second favorite song, but the second most one, or the second one that I sang the most um, because her vocals are so impactful on this. There's such dynamic melodies um, and it's st- it varies, you know? Uh, the ending is just as 
contrasted as we saw in the ending of Cinnamon, whereas like you start soft and end really loud and complex. This one starts really um, like in your face and then it ends just so gentle, you know? Um, I just want to talk about it. Sorry for freaking out. Sorry for freaking you out, you know? Yeah. I love this song. And yeah, and I love the moment like in the middle of the track where it's just like piano and you're like getting that moment where it's starting to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like I just love that. Very, it's like a very strong shift that happens in the song and it slowly starts developing. And I think that was just a really, it was nice to have that at the end of disc two, like to just have that large shift and that change. But yeah, I, I, I this one didn't particularly stand out to me. I'll be honest, this one like, it's a good track. I appreciate it and I'll listen to it and I can get into it. It's, it's kind of got this, I don't know. It's not the right word to use for it. The only, the closest thing I could come to is that it had a gentle like R and B type vibe to it. When I listen to it, that's yeah, how I feel about I the intro that. at least. It, it, it makes sense. Haley said that she was very inspired by Solange who does similar stylings as well, though it's not a direct rip or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, the 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 vibes, for lack of a better word, are similar. But yeah. what I like about the, uh, this song the most, and we've compared and contrast Petals for Armor and After Laughter a lot, but this has the same feeling to me as Grudges does, you know? Yeah. Um, much as Grudges says, like, um, gosh, I'm well, I'll do the Why We Ever lyrics, but it mm-hmm. says, um, can't seem to remember why, why we ever. Um, and I'm now pulling up Grudges on my phone so I can get the lyric right. Um, but it says, um, stop asking why, why we had to waste so much time. Well, we'll just pick up and start again, you know? And it's a very similar theme. It's just reconnecting with old old friends, old loves, things like that. And I think that that's something that she's really grown from. And I appreciate its position in the album. Yes. And uh, next after this track, when we're going into disc three, I just... I got to get right into it because Pure Love was my first favorite. Like off of first listen, Pure Love was an instant favorite of mine and it is held up. I just, this one, the message hit me so deep the first time I listened to it just because I think I relate to it a lot. You know, there's those tracks that if you just relate to it a lot, you're just going to gravitate towards it. And I think Pure Love really stood out to me because I love how she said like, if I want Pure Love, I got to stock stop acting so tough like she's finally giving herself that chance to really open up and accept the new good things that are coming and it's it's just it's just like leave it alone you know you cannot be scared by vulnerability you need to accept it or you'll just be cold forever exactly and I love how like she's just so blatant about it here like she literally said it like I gotta stop acting so tough if I really want this I have to be I have to be open I have to be vulnerable I have to I give a little you give a little (laughs) and it's just it's, I don't know. I just love how just blunt this one is. And it's very powerful too, because I think going back to a track that we already talked about, um, where, where was it? Sudden Desire. This is another very strong vocal track. Like she really belts out the pure love. Like she really mm-hmm. lets her vocals go crazy here, which is nice. I love how, because we all know Haley has a really strong voice. I love how Haley- Incredible range. Exactly. The, the range is so good. And she doesn't, she can go very extreme and be very like, She's not just doing it because she can. She's doing it where she should and where it it stands out. Like she doesn't overdo it. And that's why I love Pure Love a lot because it is that perfect moment to just let herself go crazy with the vocals and she takes it. 
she really did go crazy with the vocals on this song particularly <laughs> and you mentioned like the toughness i was going to bring up this lyric guess i ought to clean up these bloody fists if it's all right but the super low note that she hits it all right too is like another expression of her range because like i cannot hit that <laughs> note or pure love like <laughs> yeah um, which I guess really isn't saying much because I'm not like a famous singer or whatever, but I, I do be singing in my shower. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like eating the harmonies and layers. Like this track is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased on this one just cause I really love it a lot, but it's, it's just the best. I don't know. <laughs> not to be super corny, but when listening to EP five, um, I texted my partner who, uh, and kind of personal, but this is the first time I've been like vividly in love with someone. Um, and it's, it's a really cool experience, but like, I have texted him on multiple occasions, like being like, I think of you so much listening to this album. And it's such like a, like a little like baby moment, uh, just where, you know, like I'm just being like corny to my significant other or whatever, but you know, there's, there's strength in that as well as she's displaying, you know, you have to be vulnerable and allow yourself to be soft like that with someone. So yeah. I've learned a lot from listening to this album. And I, I think that's absolutely beautiful and totally relevant to talk about because this is such a deeply personal album that I feel like when you listen to it, you should like stop and think about how it, how you relate to it and, and how it impacts you and how you feel about it. And the reason I, I love this track so much is because I just felt like I could really relate to Haley on it because like, I mean, me personally, I, I have a very hard time being vulnerable with people. I don't like to get too close. And it's something I know I need to work on. And that's why I like tweeted something stupid out when I listened to this, like, oh, I think this song just solved all my problems. Because it really did, like, <laughs> I forced myself, like, that day and, and recently just to, like, challenge myself to accept that if I want to be happy, I guess I should start trying, <laughs> you know? And it's very nice to get that from an album. It's so difficult to do. And so for Haley to be able to write a song like this is really an example of like how far she's come. And the fact that it's able to have such a significant impact on the audiences is a tribute to her power as well. Yeah. Um, and perhaps a less powerful song, but just as cool, up next is Taken. I loved this song. I love it a lot too. <laughs> It's not a song that I think, I think I think the audience demands a bit of, you know, uh, I guess like a, a heavier emotion from Haley. And this one is just triumphant. She's just flaunting being happy with someone who reciprocates it. Yes. Like that's literally all the track is, but we've never heard this from her before, except for like maybe in the only exception, but yeah. even that was like a wounded track. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think I love that too about Taken is that she's just like, like, and it's the best thing. Like, honestly, when I started listening to the 30P, it was instantly like kind of my favorite experience so far. Um, I mean, I love the whole thing all the way through, but like this one really stood out because I feel like this last one, she's finally, she's gone through her journey, right? She's going through all the ups and downs and now she's she's starting to hit more of the ups. Like she's really letting the happiness show through in the last part of this album. And I think Taken is a really good step in that direction because now she's like, oh, I let myself vulnerable to love and I'm Taken now. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> and it's, it's honestly like she got what she wanted, you know? And I, exactly. obviously she's, 
it, in another way, as we've discussed uh, previously, there's so much that has been taken from her and now she is taken, you know, like yeah. um, she's not revealing who her partner is. She's not being uh, public about it. And I think that's everything that she ever wanted, you know, um, and it's everything that she deserves. But this is just another experimental track. It's just a look into her personal experience. You get that kind of like R&B vibe and groove to it. It's a great song to show her her songwriting skills and a great song to just check in and be like, yo, Haley, how are you doing? She's like, I'm great. I'm taken. Yeah. And, and like you said from the last one, like how it's really cool that she can have an influence on her audience and all that. I feel like the fact, like, I love that this track comes right after Pure Love because it's like she's kind of saying like, well, especially with the lyric when she's like, it's easy to see how people stop believing because everyone I know has got a broken heart. It's like she's referencing back to that track and saying, well, it worked out for me. Here's some hope for you, you know? And she, right, she, yeah. she talks about how like, might've taken 30 years, but I was always on my way to him. And it's like, she's giving you a new perspective to think about it. Like it might take forever, but if you, you got to go through the first part, if you want to get where I am now, if you want to be taken too. I swear I won't <laughs> keep bringing this up, but I like the, the third EP, I kept texting my partner, like for our mm-hmm. one year anniversary. Um, I try not to be too flowery because I'm a very overtly affectionate person. I'm a Libra. What can I say? Um, But uh, the caption that I put on Instagram for our one year anniversary was like, um, it was only ever you. There was just simply a before. Um, And I think that that like it reminded me of my like experience with him when she said it might have taken 30 years, but I was always on my way to him. And it's like you just kind of have to. And this is something that I've learned like in my own experience with having like truly a compassionate relationship. But, um, you know, like you have to stop being so scared of being vulnerable because that's the only way to get pure love, to get that positive feedback loop that you want. Um, And also to just like, if if you're so afraid of the what ifs and whens, you'll never experience the now. And she's just relishing in the goodness of her current experience. Yes. I totally agree. And it's awesome. And I think it transitions perfectly into Sugar on the Rim because if like if she wasn't already showing it off and taken like in Sugar on the Rim, she's just letting you know just how amazing it is for her. And I love it. (laughs) But this song, it's it's another reference to vulnerability. You know, she's saying like it's sweeter if you stay, but bitter if you go. But she's not begging either way of please stay with me. It's just I like this you are the sugar on the rim, you know, I enjoy this sensation, but I will not beg for it, you know? Um, And it's also another experimental track, like the, the mixing and the instrumentals on this song, insane. She, goofy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the lyrics are so vulnerable too. She says, never felt this sensation, a kiss to every scar, eclipse my expectation, shock to my heart. And then it contrasts by saying, um, you took me by surprise. Um, she goes on to say, um, bitter if you walk away and sweeter if you stay, because it just gets sweeter if you, because uh, it just gets sweeter by the day. Yeah. Really, really great song. It is. And I just thought, yeah, there's just so many, like, it is still a powerful track in other, like, in many ways, but I just love the the parts that are just really happy and, like, like just the moments where she really lets, like, herself embrace the happiness and how good it feels yeah and i love that especially near the end of the album i just love that it's coming it's coming full circle like like all this stuff happened it was hard it was a journey she learned a lot and she's now able to like 
let herself enjoy the happiness, but she hasn't lost herself and she's not any less strong, but she can, she can really appreciate the good things she has. Absolutely. And less overtly, but this is another reference to her own personal experience simply because um, it's been public knowledge that she hasn't been much of a drinker in the past. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that this is correct, but I also could be wrong, but her ex was straight edge. So she didn't really have that exposure to drinking or anything like that. And there was really no need to um, prior. So like now referencing a song about like a margarita, you know, with sugar on the rim or whatever. It's like she is her own person. If she wants to drink now, she can. If she wants to enjoy that experience and have the pleasure of drunken makeouts on the couch with <laughs> someone who loves you. It's like you really can't get better than that. Yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. We're almost done. I'm sentimental. I know, right? But it's it's been a good ride. <laughs> yeah. Next up is Watch Me Wow. Do you want to go first on this? I'm just really thirsty. <laughs> no, you do what you gotta. This song, as we referenced earlier, is the other um, de- definitely feminist track. Um, but it's less about the female experience and more about Haley's experience, you know? And it's kind of um it's kind of a middle finger to the media as uh she said like you want to look inside of me here's something new you know she's always been so um omnipresent when talking about her sadness and really the only thing that the media has ever written about is how like shitty her existence is over sexualizing her um publicizing her relationship issues um publicizing the drama with her band members or something and she says if you want to get an inside look into my feelings I love myself. And it's it's a really, really wonderful song. Yes. And I love this track for so many reasons. And I love that, uh, again, we get some of that like old school dance vibe uh, in it a little bit. It's very different, but it's it's still there. I don't know. I just, this song takes me back to, I don't know what, because I'm not that old, but still. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And I also just think it's funny, like, what she's saying, like, watch me while I bloom. Like, it's very, it's empowering, it's nice, but I also just think it's hilarious because the front bottom's just released, you know, everyone blooms in their own time. And I'm like, hey, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> like, I love that they're all blooming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think that this is another song where she really shows off her vocal prowess. She immedi- immediately starts the song with, like, you know, like, belting the first few lyrics. Um, and they're powerful in their own right. How lucky I feel to be in my body I get again. How lucky I feel or how lovely I feel not to have to pretend. Um, it's just so, it's, it's clear that she has never experienced comfort in this way. Um, and from an outside perspective, I love to see it. And I really think she deserves this kind of power. I know we keep saying powerful, but that's what it is. Yeah. Especially in in the lyric in one of the lyrics where she says, "You only got one side of me. Here's something new." I love how she's just directly talking to all the people who've who tried to you know analyze her or who've talked all this shit through all these years. Like she's literally speaking directly to them. Like you've only got one side of me, and I'm 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 here to speak up to, for myself for the first time. Like here it is. I just love here that. to control the narrative. Yep. Um, and then my favorite lyric of this whole song is if you feel like you're never going to reach the sky till you pull up your roots, leave your dirt behind, you've got a lot to learn. Um, and she commented on this publicly saying that that's perhaps one of her favorite lyrics on the album because 
um, and this is her reasoning, but you hear so publicly that, you know, you've got to get your shit together before you can make change. And she said that the only way to get your shit together is to make change through it, you know? So she's saying, I'm blooming currently. Maybe she's not at her ultimate peak self yet, but she is growing and thriving currently. Watch her while it happens. Watch her while she blooms. Mm -hmm. All right. And this last one, which can't believe we're already down at the bottom. Uh, I think it is the perfect ending. I love Crystal Clear. It was just... Me too. Amazing. This is my favorite song on the album. This is my favorite song on the album. It is. Yeah, I think you, you said that when I put out that tweet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> so what I love about this song is, once again, it's another after laughter comparison. Someone called it the sister to Pool, but I disagree. Um, I think that Pool was, you know, it's a tortured song. It's, she says, um, like, she's continuously diving back to um, a relationship that wasn't good for her. But crystal clear is the water no longer scares her. She's allowing herself to submerge and be surrounded by comforting warm waters, you know? Um, And that metaphor is very, it's crystal clear as she says, um, I remember standing on the edge, closing my eyes, counting to three. I jump in with the rush in my head only to find the water was concrete. And that was the previous relationship. And she transitions and says, and now you, this new person are pumping air to my lungs. This don't feel anything like sinking. In fact, no matter how deep I go into you, it looks like the water is crystal clear. And it's just, she is finally experiencing comfort in herself, comfort with someone else phenomenal phenomenal track it gives me chills to think about and i want to get married to this song (laughs) amazing and it's another deeply personal song because um you know uh taylor mixed uh a song that her grandfather had written into the final ending where it says friends or lovers which will it be it's a feeling um friends or lovers you know um Haley posted this video of her grandfather who she quotes as her as her very first biggest musical inspiration um singing the song and playing the piano and it's a song that he wrote for his wife um and she knows the words and grew up singing it and I think that you know bringing that family aspect back in the fact that he mixed it in was just kind of like the like little chef's kiss on top you know people have been theorizing online that when Petals for Armor finally gets a tour cycle that the crystal clear will be, you know, like echoed by like a loop pedal or backup singers and that Haley will sing her grandfather's song instead at the end. And that's just it, like, it's truly a full circle experience, you know, much at the, as the water at the beginning of this album was boiling over, it's now calm, cool and collected at the end. And she's, you know, like drinking from the fountain of youth. It's, I think a perfect ending. And I love, I love this song so much i mean i agree it's the perfect ending but i think you've said it all so i'm gonna let it <laughs> i'm gonna let that be crystal clear because i know that was your favorite <laughs> it i love it so much it is a great ending and final thoughts final thoughts um screw you anthony fantana this <laughs> album deserves a 10 out of 10 it is everything wrapped up in a package I know that a lot of Paramore fans are really reeling from listening to this album because it's not what they expected and it's perhaps not the musical style that they're used to or that they may be interested in. Um, but I think it's 
if not a perfect album, a perfect debut. It is everything that she is bundled into 15 songs and packaged in three EPs. Um, and it makes her feel personable. She, it sounds like she is my friend now. Um, and after growing up alongside her for 10 years, this album makes me realize how much I did not know who she is. Yeah, I totally agree with the 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 stars 10 for out me. Of 10. So screw anyone else who says any different. <laughs> but yeah, this album is more than I was expecting and hoping for out of it, honestly. Like, I... I knew I would enjoy it, uh, to be honest. I, I figured I would. I mean, I've, I've loved everything Haley has done through Paramore. I figured an album of her own had to be just as strong. And it is so strong, but I didn't realize just, just how, like the fact that she just got to be 100% herself, the fact that she says everything she wants to say. There's so much variety in this album. The sound changes so much. It's just so pure and honest. And like listening to it, like the last time I listened to it all the way through, I realized that this is a record I need to continue coming back to because I definitely think it'll hold up over time. Like I don't see this. I'm going to like, if I ever have a kid, like I'm going to make sure that they grow up on this album. <laughs> like it's just. Yep. This is the kind of Sunday cleaning album. Exactly. And I, it's just, I absolutely love it. I think it's perfect. I think it's amazing. I think that I love all the decisions that were made about it, like the the three different EPs. I really feel like there's a story there behind it. Like I feel like the first CD is kind of like the start and she's she's facing things and she's telling us what's happened and it's a little darker. And then in the middle, we get a little bit more reflecting and like finding things out. And and then at the end, we get the love and the overcoming and the growing and the, the just being so solid in herself, but but still like having learned her lesson, but still getting to embrace the happiness. I don't know. I feel like it was just so well put together, like so well. Like I, there's probably just endless things you could go in analyzing on the technical side of things and, and how things were released and how they were done and how they were put together. It, I just think it was so well crafted. And I'm glad that she waited so long to do this kind of project because I think having waited so long to put this out, even though like I'm sure people have been waiting there's probably, I mean, I've been waiting for Haley to do something on her own forever, but I feel like now is the perfect time and it was totally worth the wait. I agree completely. I'm deeply grateful to this album. Um, it is one that I think is going to be, you know, sticking with me for a long time. I tweeted recently, um, uh, I, I think the tweet was just something like, thinking about the time where I didn't listen to or seek out non-male musicians. Ha! Um, and I think that this is the kind of album where, like, although it's a appealing to all audiences, it really has a sense of, as we've said repeatedly, femininity that, like, other albums really can't, um, really can't collect. And while I don't identify as female growing up in the female experience, listening to this album has been really liberating. Um, and growing up as a Paramore fan, this album has been really liberating, so... I have nothing but good things to say except for my one note on Rose's Lotus Violet Iris, but we'll ignore that. <laughs> totally. And I, I love that you bring that up again because I can totally relate. Like I do identify as female, but I'm not the most feminine person in the world. It's very obvious if you know me, like I'm just, my femininity is not all there, but I do love that this album 
like like you said, like growing up with that experience, even if you're not the most feminine person in the world, or if you don't identify that way, it's just you can relate to what she's saying in a way that is so uniquely hers. Like you really, you don't get this out of a lot of records, and you don't even really get this out of Paramore because Paramore is not just Haley. And I think that having that feminine connection, it's just such a unique thing that I feel like anyone who's grown with that experience or relates to that experience of femininity and that side of life and all that, I think this album is very special in that way. It is really special. Um, and I really appreciate you inviting me on the show to talk about this album for like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure if it was just the two of us off, um, off of a microphone, we would be ranting for far longer and saying a lot <laughs> stupider comments. But I, I really have been impacted by this album and I appreciate getting the platform to talk about it. Yes. And thank you for coming on again, Laura. I really appreciate you being here. And because you had way better thoughts than I did, you know way more about this than I do. (laughs) Thank you for coming and making this podcast better. (laughs) I've been a freak about this album. Well, you are fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for this. Right back at you. Thank you for getting psyched with this album. (laughs) Yes, we were psyched about Hayley Williams. (laughs) 